Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. Today we are dishing about smoothies, everything from building a filling and satisfying smoothie to our history with smoothies as dietitians. But first, let's do some catching up. Uh, Nicole, what's new? Not a ton. Shay started uh, summer camp, I guess. It's like a, I don't know if you want to call it a day camp. Summer. Anyway. Yeah. And Gina, I just, mm-hmm. uh, she, so Mark took her day one and I took her day two. I would think at age six, new place, new, the girl has no reservations. She's just like, off I go, like into the world. I mean, she has, she's just so confident and so just amenable to whatever situation she's put in. It's, it's truly, I'm just really proud of her. Um, but my heart aches a little because she just doesn't, she needs me so much less and less, you know, it's just one of the, it's like beautiful and heart wrenching at the same time. Um, so she started that. She's loving it. She has reconnected with a little bud. She used to go to, um, Montessori with it, Yeah. It's just been really great. The facility is beautiful. They seem to have, you know, COVID procedures still in place, which kind of makes me happy, um, you know, to some extent anyway. Um, so that's going really good and we've been boating and doing the pool and we st- picked fruit for the first time last weekend. It was hot as Hades. Has it been really hot in Ohio? <laughs> Actually, it has, but today it feels like fall. Yeah. It's so weird. I mean, beautiful, like early, early fall where it's still hot, but it's just perfect. No humidity. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. It was, um, it was really hot last Saturday when we, I took the girls to pick strawberries while Mark was out biking with a friend and poor little Piper. She just gets these little beads of sweat on her nose and she's like, I'm melting, mom. I'm so hot. <laughs> and meanwhile, oh Shay gosh, and I are just so standing there like picking fruit, picking fruit, picking. And Piper's just, she's got her little sunglasses on her head and her little dress. And she's like, I'm just hot. Like she's such a little diva. Um, this week she was quoted saying, um, I'd like to go get a pedicure again. And when she gets back rubs at night, she, I, I like it when you do it in the middle and can you do it harder? And she wears her little sunglasses like up on her head. They're like, in the shape of stars. I mean, she is just, she is all girl, that one. And she just cracks me up. Um, <laughs> she's so cute. So she's just like standing in the strawberry field, like, oh, it's so hot. Um, <laughs> just fun. But, you know, our, that strawberries kind of kick off our fruit picking here. And, you know, I love doing that. And then, okay, I got a book rack for you. And okay. it just came out. It's, I'm not even done with it, but I feel fully confident in my recommendation. It, the book is by Taylor Jenkins. Oh, I'm going to, I think it's Jenkins Reid. She wrote um, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, but this Mm -hmm. book is called Malibu Rising. It just came out June 1st. Loving it. Loving it. Yes. So that's my book. Did you buy it? I did because it's my, it's with somebody's uh, pick for book club this month Mm -hmm. and the library didn't even have it yet. So I had to buy it. Yeah. Which pains me a little bit. Every once in a while, I think it's worth it. Like sometimes I'll have a list of books that are on hold and I'm like, I cannot, Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting and waiting for one of them to become available. So I just, you know, whatever, I'll just buy it. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, And it is Taylor Jenkins Reid is the author. So highly recommend. What's new with you guys? Yeah. So we went on vacation to Hilton Head last week. Uh, So it was great. It looked amazing, actually. (laughs) Like, Yeah, it was. It was. And we, we had a house, we had a pool, we had a hot tub that wasn't working, which was really a bummer. Truly it was because the kids love hot tubs. I love hot tubs and it just kept not working. They had to keep sending people out to fix it. Whatever. Long story short, that, that was no big deal, but kind of obnoxious. The vacation was great. Uh, unfortunately though, Nick, he like, he pinched a nerve before we drove down to Hilton Head and it was, it was just. It, it literally affected his entire trip in a negative way. I felt honestly so bad for him. He was Aww. just um, to the point where it, like he could barely move his neck. He had um, his fingers were tingling and you could just tell he was just in so much pain. He kept popping Advil and Tylenol and Advil and Tylenol. And so that was a bummer. I felt, 
I felt bad. He seemed to be miserable the entire time. I know he did still have fun. Uh, you know, not working is always a joy, but that was that was just one downside of the vacation, but overall good. And the kids on the road trip, I had all these things planned. You know, I was, I had meticulously gone through and to, on Amazon and purchased all this stuff for them to do, blah, blah, blah. They were like perfect angels on this car ride. Oh. They just sat and like looked out the window. It was so weird. I've never experienced this before. I mean, because we've gone on plenty of road trips. They just like looked out the window and noticed things. <laughs> it was just, ah, it was great. I got to read my book. I never get to read when we're driving on road trips, but I got through the rest of my book. But yeah, that was, that was nice for sure. Uh, let's see. Oh, I was going to mention this. I had gone, I have, I have mentioned sort of my family history of breast cancer. And on the last episode, I talked about how prostate cancer, if you have that in your family is also linked to breast cancer. So anyway, I've got all these family members with breast cancer and prostate cancer. I decided to do some genetic counseling. And so I went to a genetic counselor. They gave me this whole spiel. They got all my information. They did like a thorough, uh, medical breast exam and uh, anyway, long story short, I have to get, according to my risk factors, I have to go in twice a year for medical breast exams. And they do recommend starting now, I'm at age 38, doing um, a, uh, a breast, uh, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the word? Getting a breast exam, getting a, um, what are they called? Mammal? Machine. Mammogram. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Every year, if not twice. And an MRI because I have very dense breasts because the mammogram won't catch everything. Oh, so that was overwhelming. An MRI twice great. a year? Not twice a year, just once. But I'm oh. not so sure I want to do that. Did I say twice? I'm sorry. Actually, to be honest, I think they might've said twice. But then they said, you know, we don't necessarily suggest that. We suggest it, but we don't. Like you would probably benefit from having it. But at the same time, it's probably not going to be good for your health <laughs> to do an MRI. Plus, well, and you may go bankrupt. Exactly. Plus it's extremely expensive. Uh, so most likely I'll just do the medical um, breast exam twice a year, do the mammogram once a year, and then maybe like once every other other year do the MRI. But obviously I'll, I'll play it by ear, see how it goes. Um, I do have very dense breasts. She showed me the picture after she did. She all, they also did a mammogram because they felt something. Uh, and like my, my, all my, all my breast tissue are just dense tissues. I don't even know what it's called, but it's just dense tissue that looks the same color as what a lump would look like on a mammogram. So that's why it's so difficult. If you have dense breasts, this is what I, at least what I understand. It's difficult to spot the lump, the cancer, because it's the same color as the dense tissue. Mm. Okay. So therefore you need the MRI. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. That was, I'm glad that I did that. And then really, that's about it. I feel like I was going to say one. I started my class at OSU, my motivational inter interviewing class, which has so far so good. I'm just not used to being in school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very odd and a foreign. They're like, you need to use the um, APA citation style. I'm like, what? I don't even know. What does that mean? It's a cite things. <laughs> You're oh like nails gosh. on the chalkboard. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to think about citations. And I think it's APA. Is that right? AP. Whatever. That's it's one, one of those. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm just, I had to look it up. I, I forgot exactly how to do that. But otherwise. You have orange it. theory on here. Yeah. I'm not gonna talk about that now. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Spoiler well, we'll alert. We'll talk about that when, when it gets closer to the date that I start. We'll talk about Orange Theory. Okay. All right. Cool. So before we begin, just a quick favor to ask everyone listening. If you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they really help us reach more people. So we'd appreciate it very much. And now on to our topic. All right. Smoothies. So if you search for a definition of smoothie online, uh, you will find it described as a quote unquote, thick, smooth drink of fresh fruit pureed with milk, yogurt, or ice cream. Mm. However, they've developed into so much more than that. You can find them now with vegetables. I know I make mine with vegetables. You can find them with or without ice, with or without milk or yogurt, or of course, with a variety of plant-based milks or yogurts. And honestly, I Never heard of adding ice cream to a smoothie, but hey, if that's in the definition, maybe I should start doing that. I mean, 
I, I, I see the purpose. I get it, but I, I don't know how common that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, you can also choose your pick of special toppings or additives such as CBD or chia seeds. There's just no stopping the smoothie industry. Uh, I couldn't find this in writing, but I do want to say just from what I remember and from what I know that smoothies really took off in 1999, or I'm sorry, 1990, when Jamba Juice, which I didn't know this, but apparently is now called Jamba without the juice, Hmm. um, first opened their doors. And I actually very, I remember this very well. I was seven when they, they were just so popular. Um, They were everywhere, but now they have over 850 locations across the world. I actually don't know that we have any Jamba Jambas here in Columbus anymore. I, I could be wrong. Maybe we have one on High Street. Regardless, they do have over 850 locations around the world. Um, smoothies were a $12 billion a year industry in 2019, and that is projected to grow to $17 billion by the end of uh, 2025. Um, did I say that right? It was a $12 billion a year industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's projected to grow about $5 billion over the next, well, Four years as of now, which is like 30 some percent. Yeah. And and I'm not not surprised. I don't know. I can't do that math. (laughs) Something like that. A lot. (laughs) But it doesn't surprise me. It's a lot. Yeah, it's it's significant. All right. So I'm going to kind of start with before we kind of dive into our favorite smoothies and what we like to add to our smoothies for staying power and, you know, nutrition. I kind of wanted to get a feel for I know for me when I was in school. Smoothies were kind of talked, I don't know, they they weren't considered necessarily a, a healthy choice, especially I would say also when I was entrenched in diet culture. So I'm curious about you, Nicole, when you were in school for dietetics, were you taught that smoothies were healthy or not healthy? I wish I, I, wish I could remember in detail, um, but I, I guess I recall the message really being that smoothies were for sure nutritionally superior to juices which I agree with. Um, But there was still just the messaging that drinking your fruits and vegetables was a bit inferior to eating the whole fruit or vegetable. Basically, just no mastication required and perhaps less satiety because of that. And I, you know, you and I went to, well, I mean, diet culture has always been around, but um, maybe I remember that with the halo of I was deeply entrenched in diet culture at that point. Um, I don't know. What about you? You're so funny. No mastication involved. For those of you who don't know what that means, I'm sure (laughs) no chewing involved, (laughs) which is right. Isn't that what you meant? Yes. And let me expand on that. And I I guess I, um, there's a lot of uh, food, food is a lot of things in addition to flavor and nutrition. Right. And, and the theory is really that if you chew your food, there is like a mental, checking of the box that you ate sometimes. And I, I, in fairness, should have come like loaded with research, but there is some research that says that if you drink your nutrition, i.e. a smoothie for our purposes here today, your, your brain and kind of your acknowledgement of eating may not be fully satisfied because you're not chewing or masticating your food. Um, I think that there's going to be research for and against that, right? Like I, I'm just guessing, but I guess to me, it does. My personal experience with smoothies is that they keep me less full than food, food. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do with what we're going to talk about later and that's making them more satiating. Right. And I think that's especially going to be true with something from, for example, Jamba or something that you would Mm -hmm. buy off the shelves, which is pure. It's basically juice um, where it's going to go straight to your bloodstream and spike your blood sugar with no protein, no fiber, no fat to kind of, um, you know, keep that blood sugar spike from spiking and Mm -hmm. to kind of keep it even, you know, and keep you fuller longer, theoretically. So, yes, I, I would agree. I definitely. In fact, I talked a little bit about that on our next answer about how basically without the mastication, your brain doesn't register fullness or really that you're even eating at all. It doesn't register as much as when you're actually chewing your food. So yes, I absolutely agree. So when I was in school for dietetics, which was a few years before you, but probably the same, pretty much the same exact curriculum, I would say they taught us that smoothies to kind of treat them a lot like juice 
In other words, eat or slash drink them in moderation. And I would say I do still agree with this, especially when it comes to those large franchise smoothies like Jamba, uh, especially because some of the sizes of those things are just absurd. You know, 30 ounce, it's basically a 30 ounce glass of juice, which I would never recommend really to anyone at any time. Uh, But overall, I do think that homemade smoothies and now a lot of the smoothies that you can buy at cafes or restaurants can be much more nutrient dense uh, than straight juice which of course we're going to talk about soon. All right. So next question. Real quick, Gina, yeah. I, I uh-huh. just one mention. So my yeah. blender is 64 ounces. If I make a smoothie, I don't know why, but it always ends up being 64 ounces um, because I like, I'm like, oh, add that, add that, add that. And that's a me thing, right? So I, I'm making it for multiple people, but I think the idea is too that a smoothie is probably not meant to be 30 ounces. And that's Definitely a huge not. part of what makes them potentially not, not as healthy. Um, yeah, but my kids will tear up some smoothie. So, um, and we will actually eat it if it's been left in the fridge, like they will sip on it for the next two days, which is weird. Okay. I was going to say, because you have four people in your family Mm -hmm. and you make 64 ounces. Mark won't drink it though. Rarely. So you have a lot left over. Yeah. Usually it's two servings for each of us. So six servings. So what does that end up being? About 10 ounces each. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would generally recommend or that's what I would think. I mean, I think it depends on your hunger level, but I think eight to 10 ounces sounds sounds realistic. Mm-hmm. All right, so the answer may or may not be different here, but when you were at your peak of disordered eating and really entrenched in diet culture, were smoothies on the naughty list or the acceptable list? Yeah, I was a poor college kid during that time, so I never had a good blender, so I probably didn't drink them, uh, but I would have definitely leaned towards naughty Um primarily because of the low protein in many smoothies. Um, plus, when I did have smoothies, they would typically be kind of carb only um, with the fruits and dairy. And that was about it. Um, and yeah. so they weren't super filling, which worked against weight loss efforts. And so I eliminated them for that reason. Um, again, because I was in the throes of diet culture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it sounds like you also noticed maybe that they just weren't filling for you. So that was also by choice a little bit. Yeah. But it probably was also, you were also motivated by messages that you were receiving from diet culture as well. So sort of biased a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would agree. They were on the naughty list uh, throughout the, I don't know, 15, 20 years that I was so obsessed with counting calories and my weight. And like you just said, I was taught to believe that my brain wouldn't register fullness when I drink my calories. And truthfully, I do still believe that I, I, but I don't let that rule my food decisions like I did before. So, okay, maybe my brain won't register my fullness when I drink my calories, but oh, well, am I going to drink all my calories? No. Am I going to have a smoothie, you know, three or four times a week and enjoy it? I am. And that's okay. So that's the difference. Um, I would say... Oh, I know what I was going to say. I <laughs> I recently had a coworker. Okay, we were at a smoothie taste test at work and we were tasting all these delicious smoothies and she wasn't really drinking much of it. And she said, I never drink my calories. And I know exactly what that coworker's, what diet she follows. And I will just say, I it took all my motivation not to, to say something to her, like, come on, don't let diets rule your life. Um, but I just thought that was, I don't know, that was a comment that I would have probably said, you know, 10 years ago to a client or to a friend I'm talking to, I don't drink my calories. Um, you know, it's, it's just not my, my brain won't register that fullness. I just would never drink my calories. She said it just so, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting because she's in the trench. She's in deeply entrenched in diet culture herself. So I thought that was a good reminder of where I used to be as well. I'm just thankful that as an intuitive eater, uh, I am now happily back to incorporating smoothies in my life on almost a daily basis. So, and I enjoyed that smoothie uh, taste test. And I would say 10 years ago, had I been, been invited to a smoothie taste test, I probably would have found a way to get out of it. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. So now 15 years later, do you agree that the smoothie image has changed and do you consider smoothies a balanced option? Okay. You go first. Okay. I do. 
Uh, for sure. They're no longer just ice and fruit syrup and purees, which you can still find. Definitely. I mean, I know where I work. We sell ice and fruit syrup, quote unquote, smoothies. And when you go to the store, the naked juices, things like that are basically just fruit purees and fruit juice. Uh, so, you know, you can still get that. Um, but overall, their image has improved because People have gotten very innovative with smooth smoothies, as we've seen in restaurants and in people's kitchens and in cookbooks. So I definitely think the image has changed. It's more of like a specialty health food and all of the health fanatics now want smoothies. And I and I kind of love it. What about you? Yes. Um, I think like, yeah, everything that you just said, they can be balanced. And I think for that reason, the image has changed yeah, just lots of creativity. I think that's what's really boomed. Um, yeah, I would say their image and reputation much improved. Um, but I think the at-home versions are probably going to trump anything that you would probably find, um, you know, in a restaurant or a jamba or anything like that. Because, I mean, they have to make them taste awesome and dreamy so that people come back, Right. Mark made a smoothie the other day, and here's the difference between he and I. He added Crystal Light to his smoothie. What? Yeah, in place Gross. of milk, because he does what? not care okay. for the dairy portion of the smoothies. Okay. And this is probably why we have less smoothies in our house, because we have this divide. When I taste it, and this is because I personally have a distaste for, like, a, like I actually physically don't like the taste of sugar substitutes. I taste that and it tastes so sickly sweet to me. It it ruins the smoothie. Like I can't even enjoy the fruit. Um, whereas he drinks mine with dairy and he doesn't like the creaminess. So I think it's it's all in kind of what you get used to. But yeah, those syrups and stuff. Like, yeah, that's what they make margaritas with at the beach. Like that's just straight up like fructose and high fructose corn syrup. Like, yeah, yeah no, I don't know. And I shouldn't say, ew, I, I Chris, the, I, I have never that I remember made a smoothie that involved just fruit and fruit juice, which I know is a common way to make smoothies. I'm, I always use milk or yogurt or some type of a, a dairy or non-dairy. I like it. I like a creamy yep. smoothie. I don't like an icy, fruity smoothie. I just don't like that unless I'm making it into a popsicle. Yeah, that's basically what it should be. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess everybody has their preference, but there's no protein in how Mark makes a smoothie and there's no creaminess. There's no fat. That's what it boils <sighs> down to. Or protein. Mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. All right, so how often do you make smoothies and what's your all-time favorite make-at-home smoothie? So I, I'll go with one to two times a month. It's probably closer to two to three. And my go-to is always a fresh banana with some frozen berries and some type of like one other, at least one other type of frozen fruit. So I don't buy frozen fruit, but I will freeze anything that I buy fresh, cut up, and then have left over after we're done eating it fresh. So mango, pineapple, melon, peaches, pears, everything. Kiwi, like doesn't matter. I'll throw it in the freezer. And then I'm going to butcher the, is it? Kefir, 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 <laughs> kefir, kefir, <laughs> kefir, whatever. I add that stuff. <laughs> Mark's like, what are you talking about on the podcast tonight? I was like, smoothies. He's like, oh, you're going to talk about kefir. Um, anyway, teen mom joke uh, from oh long, gosh. long ago. And then either chia or hump, hemp and then some type of an unsweetened um, hemp seeds. That sorry, sounds bad. Hump. I said hump. I'm sorry. I'm such a child. Oh, gosh. <laughs> chia seeds or hemp seeds, um, and unsweetened almond milk. Okay. And I will say I am a fan of using frozen fruit to get that like cold creaminess versus using ice. Um, I don't know. It's a preference. No, I, I totally 100% agree. I always use frozen fruit and zero ice. And if I'm out of frozen fruit for some reason, I will reluctantly use, uh, like the crushed ice, but not my first choice ever. I think that's a common smoothie error, though, is using too much ice. I think so, too. It waters it down. It bleh. Blenders have trouble with it. Yeah, that's true. It's really loud. Very true. All right. So I eat smoothies daily. And I shouldn't say daily. Probably more like four times a week. Uh, so I, out of the five days of my work week, four of those days, I'll have a smoothie. And I don't know why it's not five. I just, I, I just, it's four. 
Uh, my, my general smoothie uh, concoction consists of a half a banana, a handful of spinach, frozen berries, whatever we have, usually blueberries, raspberries. Generally, I prefer blueberries because otherwise I end up with a bunch of seeds at the, at the bottom of my cup, which I hate. Um, and then they end up in my teeth and uh, so really frozen blueberries are my are my go to. I also add turmeric, about a teaspoon and a little bit of pepper to absorb the curcumin, yada, yada, and a scoop of peanut butter. I How know that's so odd. About a tablespoon. Okay. And I use the uh, Smucker's natural peanut butter. It's just my all time favorite. Uh, I generally add on unsweetened almond milk, just like you, the vanilla. Sometimes I'll add coconut milk, like a creamy, thick, rich coconut milk, but generally it's the almond milk. Is that one serving or how many does that feed? So that's just one serving. For I you. will. Okay. Yes. I don't make No one else will eat my smoothies unless I shouldn't say that. Like over the weekend, sometimes we'll make fun smoothie concoctions and I'll make it in like the, one of the bigger cups of the, of the mat. We use a magic bullet, by the way. Uh, okay. Yeah. We don't have a, a blender. We just do. I use the magic bullet. So just single servings. But generally, I'm just making it for me. Sometimes my kids will try them, but generally not during the week. If I make them on the weekends, they will. But my all-time favorite, I would say, concoction that I've made involves cocoa powder, avocado, banana. And, and, and don't ask me for the amounts. I really just throw this all in there. And I'm putting this in either one of the smaller or larger, which really isn't that big, uh, containers for the, for the magic bullet. Um, peanut butter and then crushed ice. I do actually add crushed ice to that one. But if I have frozen pineapple, I will add that instead. I know that sounds random, but it's delicious. And then coconut milk. I know that's a very strange saying it out loud. I'm like, that is so odd, but it is really good. And like I just said, I use a magic bullet. So my tip, because who has time to make smoothies every morning? I'll tell you right now, I don't. I make these all ahead of time, which actually is maybe why I only do four because I just don't have room in my, in my refrigerator. We're actually getting a new refrigerator soon, but <laughs> my refrigerator just doesn't have enough room for five smoothies. I make them on Sunday and four is kind of the max and I'm just, yeah, four is good, but I make them all on Sunday and then they sit in the fridge until the end of the week, basically, which is when I'm, you know, through with them essentially. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's, those are my, my smoothies and I'm, it's so funny. Like I, I can remember when we first started blogging. I know I used to have a blog. You still have a blog. We, I feel like breakfast was all the rage at that time. You know, do you remember like the oatmeal craze and the oh, pumpkin? Yeah. Oats and, in uh, a jar. Oh yeah. Yes. So I have gone through so many stage, like breakfast stages in my life. And, you know, I was on oatmeal for a really long time. And then I was on just like Greek yogurt with a scoop of peanut butter for a really long time. And now I've been on this smoothie kick for probably about, I would say, uh, probably during all of COVID, I would say. So it hasn't been that long, but about a year. So I don't know if it'll ever end. We'll see. <laughs> all right. So what are some things you like to add to your smoothies for staying power to you know help keep you full? And what are some general smoothie making tips that you have? All right, I'll go with my add-ins. I don't have any tips to add other than your um than what you already said, but I like canned coconut milk. So if I'll if I open a can and use it in cooking and I don't use it all, I'll just pop that in the fridge or I'll just shake up a can and use a little bit at a time. Um like unsweetened coconut like flakes, uh, which I think is kind of unique. I'll add wheat germ, collagen, protein powder, which is rare for me, but an option. Um, and I'm looking at you do have it on there, but avocado. Um, I would say is another one. Yeah. What, yes. about you? what about you? Yeah. So we've kind of been, uh, you know, saying this throughout, but the, it's important, especially if you want to stay full after eating your smoothie for a while. I, and I'll say, you know, if anyone's wondering, I generally will eat that smoothie or drink that smoothie. I'm not using a spoon or anything around 730, And I, I will be honest. I, I am generally hungry by 930. So it doesn't keep me real full. I do sometimes add a scoop of plain Greek yogurt to that smoothie as well, just for, I kind of like the acidity of the yogurt, just the, in the, te the texture and of course the extra protein and fat, but it will only keep me full for about an hour and a half. But that being said, I, that's just how I am. Like, I feel like I, I get hungry every couple hours anyway. That's just how I am. 
But if you really want to, you know, kind of ensure the staying power for your smoothie, it's important to have at least one of the following, that being fat, fiber, protein. So think fat, fiber, protein, FFP. So a lot of the things that we've mentioned, you know, fat could be found in things like chia seeds, avocado, full fat milk or yogurt, even 2% would be fine. Uh, Peanut butter or almond butter or even, uh, well, I shouldn't say. So PB2 would actually probably go in the protein category because it has zero fat. So proteins next. Yogurt, especially Greek yogurt, Any, any type of nut butter, seeds or... Like you said, you could do protein um, powder or collagen powder. And then, of course, the PB2. And then there's fiber. Really, any fruit would, we, would fit into this category or chia, flaxseed, uh, or vegetables. Did I tell, did I mention, I did mention the spinach in my, in my smoothie. So, yes. Do you, do you ever add vegetables to your smoothies? I do. Um, I didn't add them here because they're not necessarily good for staying power, but I really like carrots and spinach. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but the fiber is helpful, I think. Yeah, that's I mean, it's true. Not, that's true. Right? Carrots. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I do. I mean, carrots are sweet. And they're sweet. Can, yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, I had a tip. I lost you, it. And mm. I'll tell you my tip. And I can't remember where I read this or when I learned this. But one time, this was back when, when I was blogging, someone was adding kale to their smoothies. And I thought, oh, I'll add kale to my smoothies. It was terrible. It was so gross. <laughs> so then I had a friend who said, oh, if you want to add kale to your smoothies, you need to put it in the freezer first and freeze it. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll give it a try. It worked. I, I, I cut the, the kale. I chopped it into, you know, maybe one to two inch pieces, put it in a Ziploc bag, put it in the freezer after a couple of days, added it to a smoothie and it was actually sweet and it didn't have that like off-putting weird texture and flavor that kale has because spinach mixes really well in a smoothie. Yeah. Kale, especially plain, not so much, but I'm telling you, if you freeze it, I don't know what happens, but it actually, it actually works. Huh. Um, so there's a little tip for you. If you want to try kale in your smoothies. I think right. my tip would be don't, don't overthink it. Go with the FFP, fat fiber protein. Get got that down. Go with what you like. Blend it together, and you can always make adjustments, right? Yes. I mean, I think people Absolutely. think too critically about like, oh, what goes together? Does is that going to go? Who cares? Just blend it up. See what happens. Um, right. Follow these basic tips, and you're going to find something that you like, or you're going to be able to easily tweak it so that you do. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and it is. It's an experiment. I have experimented with a lot of smoothies. That's why I like to use the smaller, you know, uh, magic bullet containers because I can experiment with a small little smoothie. And if I don't like it, like I'll never make it again. I haven't wasted a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm a fan of of the magic bullet. So what smoothie products have you tried? Uh, Such as Daily Harvest, which is the, I think you like send away for them and they they get shipped to you and they're frozen and you just pop them into your your, uh, smoothie, your blender. Or Adwala, have you, have you tried any? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Um, maybe Adwala at some point. But yeah, per usual, I haven't tried anything. I will say, and it's not a, a, a product, but I did see like a smoothie product, but I think it's perfect for smoothies. And that was frozen diced avocado. Have you seen this before? I feel like I've seen that. Yes. I guess I just like that as an option as a great fat source for smoothies that wouldn't require having a fresh avocado on hand at all times. Um, that way you could just grab a couple chunks, throw them to your smoothie. So I guess that's a smoothie product that I haven't tried, but I would recommend trying. I, I just think it's really convenient that they offer that. Yeah, And I don't know how I would do fresh, like avocado coming from the freeze. Like that might be weird, but for a smoothie, I say perfect. Wait, say that again. You don't know how you would do fresh Like if avocado. you took avocado from the freezer, I don't know that I would eat it just like cubed. Oh. Like that might be a texture thing that I might not like. But for a smoothie, I think it's perfect. I feel like avocado are similar to bananas. Once you freeze them, like you kind of have to eat them in frozen form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because once they thaw, they're just mushy and disgusting. Yeah. Perfect for smoothies. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. You've tried some um, here. I mean, a few. I think my favorite smoothie is one that has a lot of 
whole fruit and a lot of texture, which is probably why I don't like the things like the smoothie drinks like Adwala and uh, there's other ones. There's one that starts with an N that I can't think of at the moment. It's very is similar. Old House Farms is that more? Old House Farms is one. Yes. Is it more what? A more of a juice. I guess I think of Adwala as being more of a juice, but I'm just probably not familiar with their smoothie products. But I think that they're touted as a smoothie. They're not, they're, they don't brand themselves as a juice. Um, and then they say, you know, made with pureed fruits and vegetables. So you think, oh, a pureed fruit and vegetable. That's like what I would make in my splendor at home. But it's just so, so pureed and masticated by the time you consume it. It's basically a juice. There's no texture there's no skin of the fruit in there where you're getting a lot of the antioxidants and they work synergistically together, which is why whole fruit is always best. So I don't, I'm not a huge fan. I, do I even like the taste? Actually, not really. The only time I really buy Adwala, well, Nick buys it, whatever, that's a whole nother story, is for, is for uh, popsicles. Mm. So they're just a great easy way if you want to just, I don't know, cheat and buy the smoothie product and, and throw it into a, a popsicle mold and freeze them. There you go. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I did try the daily harvest. You've probably seen it before. It's basically, I believe it's something that you subscribe to. So kind of like HelloFresh in a way where they'll send you a week or two worth of frozen already whole fruits and vegetables that are frozen in a container, but that in the morning you just take the lid off and you pop it into your blender. And I think probably you have to add milk or something. But my my sister-in-law had those once at her house and she made one for me. And I, it was actually really, really good. Um, but just, I think that they're super expensive. I haven't looked at the price, but she pretty much said they're really expensive. And she's, you know, does well. So when she said that, I'm like, okay, I'm out. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's really it. That's really it. So I haven't really expanded my, you know, horizons in, in that area either. All right, so restaurants are adding smoothies to their menus. And I know we were at Town Hall here in Columbus, mm -hmm. Ohio, and they have a whole section of smoothies. In fact, Nick purchased one and it looked delicious and it tasted so good. It was so pretty. It was probably more like 10 to 15 ounces, I would say. Very vib vibrant in color. Anyway, we noticed on that menu that they were adding, you know, like CBD and some places are adding things like MCT oil, which is, Oh gosh, medium chain, chain triglyceride. triglyceride. Look at you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I had that written here. I'm like, oh no. Yes, medium chain triglycerides. What are your thoughts on on these restaurants and other, I don't know, cafes that are adding all these little extras to their smoothies? <laughs> Doesn't CBD have a taste? So it does. It does, which is what makes me think that they don't use enough for it to even make a difference yeah. because it would be very off-putting. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my thought around CBD. I don't I don't know enough about it. Um if as far as MCT oil, I you know, you had to spend time in clinicals once upon a time. I never, you know, as dietitian, we're we're trained like in a critical care setting, ICU, to, you know, that somebody needing MCT oil basically does not have a functioning gut. <laughs> like, and that's why it's used because it's ready energy. Um, yeah. so I don't understand MCT oil. I, you know, I did a bit of research, yeah, keto, blah, blah, blah. I don't whatever. That's just buzzy to me. If you're following a ketogenic diet, you're not drinking a smoothie to begin with. So I guess I don't understand MCT oil <laughs> in, so in, a, in a smoothie. Um, it's going to be super high in calories. And um, I just think that there's better fat options out there that are going to have some vitamins, minerals, um, antioxidants, phytonutrients that MCT is not going to offer. Um, but I would say, you know, it's to every pro, there's a potential con, I guess. I don't know. But my opinion is that there, yeah, or there's just so many, there's better unsaturated fats in the diet that are underrepresented. So like whether it's nuts or not butter, seeds, um, I would just choose those, the fiber and other nutrition. MCT kind of feels lacking to me and buzzy. I don't know. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. There's really no good research out there on the proper usage or dosage. 
So, and you have no idea what they're giving you in this smoothie. They could be giving you like a tiny little drop. What does it matter? And also in reality, it needs to be consistent for it to even make a difference. And again, when I say make a difference, I have no idea what that even means. <laughs> like make a difference in what? I don't know. I think a lot of people do it for weight loss, right? But again, the research just isn't there. If it's, is it going to be harmful? No. Is it going to be harmful for your budget? Probably. <laughs> They, they charge quite a bit for those extra add-ins. So same thing with the CBD. You don't have any idea how much they are adding to your smoothie, likely. Sometimes they'll tell you, but you'll read that and you'll still have no idea if that's the appropriate dosage. Um, most likely it's not even going to be close to the amount that the research has suggested might be good for anxiety or calming or whatever it is. And truthfully, with CBD, the benefits come after taking it long term. So getting it once or twice a week in your smoothie or once a month isn't going to make a difference. So you're essentially just wasting your money. And yeah, so similar to what you said. But it's so fun that they're doing things like that. (laughs) It's very creative. I mean, if you're going to do it at home and you want to add CBD, I mean, have at it. Whatever. Yes, I actually do. It's funny. I so I do use CBD daily and I get it from uh, Charlotte's Web and because they, you know, they have the correct amount and dosage. They have someone on their staff who kind of helps you and walks you through the process of how much you need for what you're looking for. And you're right. It is very off-putting. And I don't, I was putting it in my smoothie at first because I got the peppermint flavor. It's not terrible, but it does kind of ruin the flavor of my smoothie. So now what I do every morning, I, I blend my smoothie. I take the droplet and I put it, or the um the little dropper and I put it in the back of my tongue or under my tongue and squeeze the CBD in my mouth. And then I take a sip of my smoothie. So the first drink is like the CBD mixed with my smoothie, which is kind of, eh, it's not great, but, but then I enjoy the rest of my smoothie without CBD, you know, permeating throughout it. Okay. Smoothie bowls. They're big now. Have you had any of those wonderful concoctions? Only one traveling. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't know. It yeah, was just unique so and fun. Um, mine, the one that I had was a chia and coconut. It definitely had blueberries. Like it was that beautiful purple color that is just super dreamy to look at. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned this on the show today because I think that's something my kids would actually really enjoy. And then they could almost treat it like a yogurt parfait and add different toppings that even if it was primarily like a fruit smoothie, duh, I guess that sounds silly, but not a lot of staying power in the smoothie itself. The add-ins on top um, could definitely be like the part that would offer the staying power. Exactly. And and I think also kind of going back to what we were talking about before is that you'll, you're eating a smoothie bowl. So it does yeah. make it a little bit different. Uh-huh. You're actually masticating most of the food. Um, let me ask you, what was the base of your smoothie bowl with the chia and the coconut? Do you remember? I want to say it was like a coconut milk or potentially almond milk. It, it was, yeah, but I don't know. It was know. thick? Yeah, it was thick. Yeah. Okay. So probably because had some I, dairy in it, like some yogurt yeah. as well. Okay. I, I think know. that the big one now is Sambazon. If you look up Sambazon, I think that they're kind of the, they have a, a big share of the smoothie bowl market at this point. Uh, and it is what we sell where I work uh, to the students and they are so, so popular. And I can get a Sambazon bowl for about $8, which is super filling. And, and that's a lot of money. They are not cheap, um, but they are, they're a meal. They are definitely a meal. So Sambazon, basically what it is, is it is frozen acai berries that they blend down with a little bit of sugar that is added. And I want to say, I want to say that's it. I want to say all it is, is acai berries and sugar. And I'm, I'm blanking on what exactly the sweetener is. It's just some type of a sugar and they're very, very tasty. And they're, it's the perfect consistency because it's like a smoothie, but it's thicker. Don't know what they add for thickening. I don't want, I want to say they don't add anything, but maybe I'm forgetting something. Uh, maybe it has a little bit of oil in it or something, but you can eat it with a spoon and it, and I would say it stays somewhat solid for about 30 minutes. So it doesn't melt as you're eating it. It definitely gets softer, like, like ice cream kind of. Um, but you can add things like chocolate chips or coconut or chia or peanut butter and my kids love these. So you were saying that, that maybe your kids will like them if they're, I think that my kids love them. So I think it's worth trying with your kids for sure. Where I work, again, we we sell these and on the weekends we'll go swim 
um, in the art in the rec center where I work. And right after we swim, they say, let's go get a Samazon bowl. Because, you know, swimming is, is exhausting. And we get like three Samazon bowls and just go to town. And so, yeah, they're a huge hit in our family. And we miss them because where I work, they've we've not been able to have the family hours at the where the pool is since COVID. So we're definitely missing Samazon bowls. On that note, I did see, I don't know how I saw this, but the Kind, K-I-N-D, the Kind Company, Kind Bars, Kind Everything, are now making smoothie bowls. I found this article from 2021. It says, Kind launches frozen smoothie bowls as more customers eat breakfast at home. However, I went to their website and was unable to find them. But I think this happened last time when they came out with those those bars that were like the per- perfect bars. Remember when we did our, our bar uh-huh. tasting and we loved the perfect bar and then Kind came out with one and we f- we found them in the grocery store, but they weren't on their website. So I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, scour the aisles for these, I guess in the, um, my guess is the frozen section. Yeah, I would probably be in the in the frozen section, maybe where their other bars are and see if they're there where you where you live. But I don't know, I couldn't find them on their website. Uh, but I'm excited to try those. I'm also really curious about what, what you know, the going rate for a, a kind smoothie bowl is. They're also all vegan, apparently. How much are the Sambazon? They look awesome. So the Sambazon that I was just talking about yeah. at where I work, they're about $8. What about the ones that you and the kids go to get? Those are $8. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there are two different sizes. Uh, there's a smaller size and a larger size. I can't remember. I think 12 ounces and 16 ounces. I want to say the 12 ounce one is maybe seven and then the 16 is eight. Okay. And then there's add-ons. We also add peanut butter, a giant scoop of peanut butter. It's so good. And that's like an extra dollar, but they're not cheap. But like, again, they are very filling and they're essentially a meal. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, that's nice. Learn All right. something so, every day. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to trying the kind if I can find them where, where I live. All right. So what's one smoothie concoction that you really want to try but never have? Not a concoction per se, but you have me thoroughly convinced that I need to try turmeric because um, I've never done it, as well as cocoa powder. Mm, yeah, because cocoa is really high in fiber. Um, people don't realize that, but it's really high That's in fiber. So I kind of forget about that sometimes too. It's just so weird. It's, it's a candy, right? Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> need some sugar for sure. My kids are always like, mm, they want to dip their finger in. I'm like, eh, you're not going to like really? it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, but with some banana or like you mentioned earlier, pineapple, pineapple super sweet if it's really ripe. Um, so I could see where that combo would be bomb diggity. So those are yes. the two that I want to try. What about you? Okay. Yeah. I would say nothing specific because I just don't have enough ideas in my mind and I don't read enough smoothie cookbooks and I just don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about smoothies to have like any inkling of what might look good or be good. I just throw things together. Uh, I would love to just get a smoothie cookbook and just maybe take a summer and just make a bunch of fun smoothies. Why don't I do that this year? I don't know. But I think I'm going to kind of make my own cookbook in a way and just start to get more creative in the kitchen when it comes to smoothies. They're so easy. Like what, And like what you said, it's like, it's just so fun to just try new things. And then if you don't like it, don't ever make it again. If you do, write it down. And I, I think I should just get better at that. I know we are part of a CSA this year and we've been getting some fun things like cherries and peaches and maybe I can start. I've never had uh, cherries in a smoothie. That might be something interesting to try, especially with out. coconut milk. Uh, you do it a lot. Oh, yeah. I was thinking coconut milk, cherries and cocoa powder. Yum. That sounds good. Oh. So well, yes. And don't overthink it. If you have a bunch of chia seed on hand, throw it in there. Like it doesn't it just use what you've got. Yes, absolutely. All right. What about uh, favorite new products or mom wins this this uh, last couple of weeks? Well, you remember this about this time last year, the the, yeah. the famous, the infamous uh, crustless uh, blueberry pie, I'll use pie in quotes there, um, made it this year with strawberries. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the recipe in general. And it's basically just flour, sugar, and fruit. Like there's really milk. I don't even remember what else is. Oh, a little bit of butter. Okay. Uh, some butter. That's right. Because last year it was it was blueberry. And then I made yes. it with strawberries. And it. I always said this is like the recipe that went viral on my blog. Um, uh-huh. 
So I was like, oh, well, let's get that train going again with some strawberries this year. Um, and Mark had some last night and he was like, I love you a lot. And I was like, you like that, don't you? And he's like, it's really good. And it's so easy. It's so easy. It's literally five ingredients. You whisk it together and bake it for 55 minutes and it comes out perfect. It's just in the shape of a pie, but it's really more like a cake. Um, I'll link the blueberry one in the show notes, but just know that I subbed in strawberries this time, but you could sub in whatever you want. Okay. So easy. yes. Agreed. I got to make that again. Actually, we're going to someone's house for dinner on Saturday. Perhaps I will make that. All right. So I was at, so we stopped in, in Charlotte on the way to Hilton Head. It's kind of a, it's not a halfway point, but it's almost halfway point, which is kind of perfect whenever we travel to uh, North Carolina or South Carolina. And uh, my sister-in-law brought out these Kodiak chocolate chip protein bites. So it's the Kodiak brand. And they make, you know, you might know them for their waffles and pancakes, but they also make chocolate chip protein bites and they were delicious. Uh, they're giant, first of all. Of course, you can make them smaller if you want. We just made them according to the package and they were pretty big. About 10 grams of protein and 200 calories. So really a hefty snack, uh, but just really tasty. And I've been putting them, actually, you know how kids are. It's called habituation. We are the same way, but I put them in Cameron's lunch one day. He ate the whole, t- the whole thing. I put it in the next day. He ate half. I put it in today. Nothing. <laughs> so he's sick of them. So I'll take a break from that. But he did like them. And uh, so, yeah, I thought those were uh, an easy little snack that you can maybe make and, and give to your kids. Or, of course, you can enjoy. All right. So coming up on June 27th, we will be dishing about Botox, microneedling, dermabrasion, and all the things you may or may not be doing to keep yourself looking young and vibrant. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdish.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.